off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. Let's pray. Dear Father, Lord, we do just thank you for this opportunity that we have tonight to be in this place. Lord, to open up the Word of God and, Lord, to be challenged from it. God, I pray that you would meet with us in a special way tonight, Lord, and we'll just praise you and thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, we come to Genesis 22 here, and we have a very familiar passage. I'm sure most of you are familiar with this story here. And, uh, you know, I love this story, seeing the faith of Abraham. We know, according to Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 6, without faith it is impossible to please God. I'm thankful for the many accounts in the Word of God where it encourages us to increase our faith. A lot of times I read these accounts and I think to myself, how many times I have such little faith? And I have a lack thereof. And we know the Bible talks about how if we just have the faith the size of a mustard seed, how much could be accomplished? We think of that as such a small thing tonight. If I had it up here in my hands, you probably wouldn't even be able to see it. The great things that God can accomplish through us by faith. You know, in verse number 2 here of our text, we see God's request for Abraham. You know, see, God will not force us to obey Him. God gives us a choice. God gives us a free will. But God does promise blessing for obedience. We see, it was not an easy thing that God was asking for. It was Abraham's only son. We see verse number 3 of our text. We see Abraham's reaction. He rose up early in the morning and headed off to what God had told him to do. Man, think about, okay, this is what God, God is asking for me to give my only son. Wait a second, I should probably stop and question God, right? I must have not heard him right. You know, we could go back and look in in verse number 1 and make the point that Abraham was in a position to hear the voice of God. That he had the relationship to hear the voice of God. And there's a number of things here. But is, is God really asking me to give my son? But we don't see anywhere recorded in the Word of God where, where Abraham stops and questions God. But we see that he rose up early. His reaction... Oh, we see in verse number 5, we see Abraham's faith once again. At the end of the verse there, towards the end of the verse, he says, And I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And come again. He had the faith knowing that God was going to do something miraculously here. He had the faith that God was either going to raise him from the dead. We see Hebrews chapter 11 Verse Starting verse number 17, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. 
See, we have the privilege of seeing the end of the story and knowing the outcome. But see, Abraham, what he had was taking the next step in faith, trusting God that he knew what was best for his life. While sometimes we're faced with that same thing, whether we're going to take a step for God and trust what he wants and is asking for us, or are we going to step back and question God? We come to verse number 8, and we see that Isaac, he still doesn't know what's going on. He's saying, hey, we've got the wood, we've got the fire, but where's the offering? He didn't realize that he was going to be the sacrifice. But what does Abraham tell him? He says, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. And then if we were to look down in verse number 12, it says, And he said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, from me. We see that because of Abraham's faith and because of Abraham's willingness to sacrifice, that God stopped him. God spared his son. He said, now I know that you fear God and that you're not holding anything back. You know, our theme here at the church for this year is your reasonable service. A living sacrifice. You know, God has asked every one of us to present our bodies a living sacrifice to him. Now, you may be asking yourself, what does this have anything to do with the Sunday school ministry? And I'm glad you asked that question, even though you didn't ask it out loud. But just like we've heard over these past few weeks with the music ministry, the youth ministry, and and now the Sunday school ministry, every ministry requires a sacrifice. Every ministry has requirements and has sacrifices that will have to be made if you want to serve in that position. And we see here that the Sunday school ministry has some sacrifices that you'll have to make. And tonight I want to compare some of those sacrifices to the results of those sacrifices. We see the payoff of those sacrifices. You know, a a Sunday school ministry and Sunday school classes provide a biblical education to a particular age group. Uh, We break our Sunday school down in in different age groups. And most of the time you hear the word Sunday school and you think of kids ministry. Think of kids Sunday school class. And it is for them. But it's also for all ages. Young and all. And we have to realize, man, for the kids, Sunday school is important. Why? Because it is a building stage. It, It is helping them to form the foundation. And it is reinforcing what's being taught at home reinforcing what's being taught at home. We heard it last week. I know Brother Kavanaugh mentioned, it's not the church's job to raise your teenagers. It's not the church's job to to raise your kids in Sunday school, but it is a tool and an opportunity to help you and to build onto what has been uh, already laid as a foundation at home. And, And for the young adult or the older adult, it is there as a tool to help us mature in our Christian life. The Bible never says that we come to a point where we stop growing. We never come to a point where we stop learning. 
Uh, you know, we uh, go through school and we go through high school and some choose to, to go on to further their education with college and, and some go right into the workforce. Um, there may be a time where uh, we stop going to school, but in the Christian realm and spiritually speaking, we should never stop learning. We should never stop growing. You know, uh, we see that Sunday school is important for every age group. We see that it is there to help and encourage and to challenge us in spiritual growth and in our walk with Christ. See, Sunday school is kind of like the mortar that holds the bricks together. As we build the foundation upon the Word of God and as we tell these stories uh, uh, from the Word of God, actual accounts from the Word of God, and as we learn Scripture growing up in Sunday school, man, think about the things that you learned in Sunday school. Man, I am blown away by these young kids and in Sunday school. I'm thankful for all our workers, all our teachers. I was telling them tonight in our Sunday school meeting that I think I should have all the teachers stand up, you know, and we recognize. They weren't for that. I, I don't know why. But you know what? We are blessed here at Community Baptist Temple. And I hear compliments uh, over and over how these kids are, are picking up things. And at such a young age, they're learning the Word of God. And adults as well in the different classes that we have. And what an awesome thing it is to be a part of the Sunday school ministry you know, a Bible college student asked his professor what was something he should do in order to become a theologian. The professor replied, well, that's easy. Teach a third grade Sunday school class. It keeps you in the Word of God as you prepare and plan for your lesson each week. And it challenged you. And, and you, you know, sometimes if we're not careful as adults teaching a a kid's class will think, well, we can just pull this over on them. They really won't know if I haven't put in the time. They really won't know. Uh, you may be able to do that once or twice, but they're going to catch on. Hey, they are smart kiddos, and they realize the effort and time being put into it. I see, number one, the first sacrifice that is needed in the Sunday school ministry is time. Your time. Time is a precious thing. Time is something that you cannot get back once it's gone. You know, we can be quick to say, well, I would love to be a Sunday school teacher, but I just don't have the time. I don't have the time that it takes. And I, I realize that we're all busy. We've all got a number of things and uh, the way that the, the society and the things that are going on, people are just busy today and there's a lot going on. But we also know at the same time that we make time for what's important to us. We make time to what we enjoy. You know, we don't have any problem sacrificing time to, to go watch a ball game or to go play a game or, or to play golf or to play basketball or watch a game or whatever it may be or, or spend time watching uh, sporting events on TV. We don't have any problem when it comes to that because why? We enjoy that. Uh, it's pleasing to the flesh and, hey, we enjoy some downtime and there's nothing wrong with those things. But to really say we don't have time to, to be a Sunday school teacher... We don't have time. What, what we're really saying is, oh, we don't have time for the Word of God and we don't have time to invest in people's life. 
You know, when I was dating my wife, well, she wasn't my wife at the time. She was my girlfriend then. But when I was dating her, you know, often I would tell her, you know what, I just don't have time to call you. And uh, I don't have time to write you letters or come see you or anything because I'm too busy. Do you think I said those things? No. No, I didn't say those things. What I did was I made all the time that I could for her. I would give up some sleep. I would do whatever I could to spend time with her. Why? Because she was important to me. I loved her. How is our love for the Word of God? Enough that we will spend time reading and studying it? Oh, if you want to be a teacher at Community Baptist Temple, it's going to take some sacrifice of time. And we realize that time is precious, but what are some of the results when we sacrifice our time? An opportunity to lead folks to Christ. Opportunity to encourage folks. Opportunity to see spiritual growth take place in an individual's life. Opportunity to see personal spiritual growth in your own life. Opportunity to invest in lives which will reap eternal benefits. Oh, these are just a few of the results and the privileges that you have when you get to be a Sunday school teacher. And some of our teachers have taught for over 20 years. Now they're seeing kids that they have, their kids be in there. And what a privilege it is to see your investment in a life. You know, something else that may be a sacrifice for some of us is the requirements. There are some requirements. You know, leadership role is very important here at Community Baptist Temple. And uh, we see that it's important that we have a set guidelines uh, that you would be asked to abide by if you want to fulfill the, the position. We're going to ask you to dress a certain way. We're going, to a- we're going to ask you to conduct yourself in a certain manner, inside the classroom and outside the classroom. You see, there's nothing more damaging, I think, to a kid or even an adult when they see a parent or they see a form of leadership teaching them talking to them how you should live your life this way, but then they live their life a different way. We want to make sure that what we're teaching comes from the Word of God and that we're living it to the best we can. And that we're being the example. You are in a a leadership role. You're you're to be an example and a role model to your class and whoever you have the opportunity to uh, teach and invest in. You know, and these requirements are are nothing that is too hard to obtain. Uh, It's a good thing that you want to go soul winning. And it's a good thing to to look your best, to be your best, to act your best. You know, whether we like it or not, we all are influencing somebody. Somehow, some way. So why not take advantage of it and influence somebody in a positive way? reinforcing the principles from the Word of God. You know, far too often we want to have the blessings of God on our life and we want to reap the benefits of the blessings of God, but yet we want to live a life that's pleasing to self. 
We want to live a life where we say, um, you know, God is in my top three or, or God is up there, but is God number one? Uh, he, he doesn't want to share a position. He wants to be the number one, the, the number one priority and have preeminence in our life. You know, and, and I didn't go in detail all the requirements and things, but, um, you know, one may be thinking, man, that's a lot of requirements. And that's a lot of things I got to, I don't know about that. But, you know, our society, we function on rules and regulations. You know, I, I, I like to do some comparisons and, um, you know, I, I found the um, employee job requirements for McDonald's. And this is for restaurant number 16866. So I'm not sure which restaurant that is, but this was on their website. It says an employee uniform. They'll have a a shirt, a hat, and a name tag. You must provide your own pants. Acceptable uniform pants are black dress pants. Unacceptable pants include, but are not limited to, Jinkos, wide-legged jeans, jeans with wide stitching on the seams, warm-up pants, running suit pants. You're responsible for cleaning and maintaining your uniform. You may not come into work if you are not completely dressed in uniform. Employee appearance. An employee must follow these guidelines regarding employee appearance. Limited size and amount of jewelry is allowed. Hairstyles should not draw any attention by color, height, length, and any objects worn in it. I thought that was interesting. Any employees must wear a hat or visor when on duty. Long or artificial nails are not permitted. Also, fingernail polish is not allowed. Employee job requirements continue on here. A clean-shaven appearance is preferred on all males. The only facial hair allowed is a mustache that does not exceed the corners of the mouth. Goatees are not allowed. All uniforms must be worn completely. No earrings on the males are allowed. No tongue rings, tongue studs, nose rings, or any other facial rings are allowed while on duty. Chewing gum and drinking beverages of any kind are not allowed while on duty. Man, that's a long list of requirements there. Man, they go into some great detail about the things. And we see they focus on appearance. And they focus on why? Because you are representing McDonald's when you're on that clock. And they are the ones that write you a paycheck. You know, as a Sunday school teacher of Community Baptist Temple... Number one, you represent the Lord Jesus Christ. And you represent our pastor. And you represent this church. And it's important. And sometimes we think, man, is God's asking too much. Man, i got to do this. Or, man, the church is asking too much. But remember over there in Romans chapter 12, and he says that this is your reasonable service. When we stop and think about what God has given up and what God has given to us, and we would look at a job requirement and say, well, I have to do it. I have to make money. I have to provide for my family. But when we come to spiritual things, why do we differ? We should want to do our best for God. We should want to abide by the requirements. You know, uh, eternal 
Rewards in heaven will far outweigh any earthly paycheck. And as we have the opportunity to serve the Lord and minister to folks, we are laying up eternal rewards. You know, I'm just trying to make some comparisons tonight so that we can look and see and evaluate. I think sometimes the danger is that we have the wrong perspective of things. We have the wrong perspective of the ministry or or why it is there or what is the purpose of it. And the Sunday school ministry has a number of purposes. Every ministry will all at least have a few that are exactly the same, and that's to see people come to Christ. To see souls saved and to point them in that direction. We see that the Sunday school ministry, we talked about it, but as it is a tool to help disciple and to mentor and to grow in our spiritual life, to to reach out and to get families in the church house are just some of the goals and purposes of our Sunday school ministry. We see that when we have the wrong perspective, that's when we start to excuse ourselves or we start to justify in our minds, eh, eh, Sunday school's not really for me. Hey, they really don't need me. Eh, I really don't, I really couldn't be a teacher. And when pastor talked to me about uh, being the the Sunday school uh, teacher for the uh, adult class, and that was nerve-wracking thought, man, all these adults, a lot of them know a lot more than I do. And I don't know if I can see God has placed me here. God has put me here. And so that we can grow together and that we can learn and and God wants to use us. You know, I, I know there are some in here tonight, and we can't all be Sunday school teachers, I realize that. But I believe there's some in here tonight that could be. I believe there may be some here tonight. Maybe you're not involved in a Sunday school class and you need to get plugged in. You think, well, Sunday school is not really that big of a deal. If I'm there, I'm there. If I'm not, I'm not. No, Sunday school is a big deal. Sunday school is a spiritual feeding time. I don't know about you, but I don't miss many meals, as you can tell. And I'm looking forward to tomorrow night going with the young at heart to Golden Corral. I guarantee you I'm going to be up at that buffet line more than once. You know, and we can skip meals from time to time and, oh, it's not that big of a deal. But if you continually skip out on meals, it's going to cost you physically. You're going to become weak. You're going to become sick. Why? Because you need food. You need nutrients to sustain you. Sunday school is that spiritual food for us. We need the spiritual food. We need, it is another tool to assist in the preaching and teaching of the Word of God. Uh, We get great preaching from our pastor, but is that all we're getting? Are we just coming to a preaching service? And these are other opportunities that God has given us that we can grow and glean from. You know, I have a question to ask you tonight. We started in Genesis chapter number 22. We read about Isaac. We read about Abraham being asked to offer up Isaac. We see the faith that he had. So my question for you tonight is, what's your Isaac? What's your Isaac? See, one or two things is going to happen. 
Either you're going to take your Isaac and you're going to put it on the altar and you're going to say, okay, God, I don't know what you're going to do with it. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I'm willing to give him to you. Hey, I'm not going to hold him back. Oh, it's precious. He said his only son that he loved. But he said, okay, I'm going to give it to you, God. So either we're going to find our Isaac and we're going to offer it up. Or secondly, we'll take our Isaac and we'll hold on to it. And it'll be the thing that holds us back from doing what God wants for us. It'll be the thing that keeps us from taking that next step of faith and seeing what God has for us. Say, I don't know if I could do it. I don't know. Hey, maybe the Sunday school ministry is not for you. Hey, but God wants you plugged in somewhere. God wants you doing something for Him. And maybe you're holding on to your Isaac tonight saying, I just can't give it up. I can't give it up. God says, you don't realize you're missing out on the blessings that I have for you. I ask myself this question often. What am I missing out on just because I'm satisfied with where I am? That I'm not willing to take that next step. Oh, I'm comfortable here. Oh, this is comfortable for me. I don't want to step out of my comfort zone and and I'm not real sure how this would go and what God would use me or how God would use me. And we're holding on to our Isaac. God's saying, man, if only you knew what I had in store for you. If you only knew what I could do. If you were just willing to say, all right, God. I'm not going to question you. I'm not going to put any, I'm not going to try to make an agreement with you. I'm not going to try to barter. Well, God, if, if I give you this, will you make sure I have this? Hey, that's not how God works. God's not in the bartering business. God says, I just want you to, to willingly sacrifice And I don't know what your Isaac may be tonight. Maybe something different for each and every one of us. And maybe you're said, hey, maybe you've given your Isaac and you say, God, I've been willing to give it. And thank God for that. Hey, don't leave from that. Don't move from that. Don't get comfortable with where you're at. Continue to grow and move and closen your walk with God. Each day. Each breath we take is one day closer to standing before God Almighty and giving account for what we've been given and what we've done with it. I'm thankful that Jesus Christ didn't hold back His only Son. That was His only Son. He loved Him, cared about Him, But it was the only way to have forgiveness of our sin. Through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And the Father said, Hey, I'm willing to give my son for you and for me. And the little bit of sacrifice that we do make, and the rewards, the benefits, the blessing of it, Man, it always outweighs the little bit of sacrifice. It's just our reasonable service. 
God's not asking too much of us tonight. Let's make sure that we have the right perspective. Why do we have miserable? Why do you go to Sunday school each week? You ever just stop and think about that? You ever just get in a routine so much you just go and, why do I go? I hope you go for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, because you want to learn more about God. You want to come and, and to unify with other believers and come and, and worship Praise God, He's worthy. Man, I enjoy, I, I know I, I heard Brother Kavanaugh's dish in my class the other day, saying we were all dead in here, but we were just praying and fasting, meeting with God, unlike those teenagers going rambunctious and crazy like they do. But you know, it is a great time as we come together. Man, I enjoy my class, and Man, we pray for things. We have prayer request time, and we pray for each other. And we have blessings. Man, it's exciting to see God's working, and God answered this prayer request. And, and we have a time we sing song, sing a song of worship to the Lord. And we have a time where we open the, the Word of God, and I try not to preach. I try just to teach. Sometimes He just takes over. But, man, it's important that we're continually to, to feast on the spiritual things. I promise you that Sunday school and church are not enough, though. They're not enough to sustain us. We've got to be feasting on the Word of God. We've got to be getting more outside of just Sunday school and church. And I want to... Uh, once again, come back and I want you to evaluate your life. I want you to think about what is your Isaac tonight? And are you willing to put it on the altar? Say, God, it's yours. It's yours. You do with it what you want. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we come before you tonight.